Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. I really like where I'm at. I think as far as the offense goes, I feel really comfortable. Feeling more and more confident each day. Um, and just feel really good with where I'm at with all the receivers, tight ends, running backs, and then protection. Our communication, especially me and Luke, is getting really, really good, and we're, we're on the same page more and more. So just I have a lot of confidence in that group up front, and I love where we're at. So, I, you know, I've said it before. It's about getting better every week. So we'll see, you know, where we're at in a few weeks. Well, that was Trevor Lawrence just a short time ago, about 15 yards from where I'm sitting right now here in Flowery Branch, Georgia, uh, where the Atlanta Falcons training camp takes place. And they practice with the Jacksonville Jaguars today. They'll do it again tomorrow. There'll be a fourth preseason game for the Jags, third one for Atlanta, coming up on Saturday here in Atlanta. And uh, Trevor's comfortability with the offense seems right where the coaches want it. Press Taylor talked earlier today. He said, hey, he's right where he needs to be. He was not stressing about a couple of overthrows, and he was raving about the one throw to Marvin Jones over Cam Sutton as well. Brent Martineau, along with Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, those guys back in the Action Sports Shack studios. I'm here in Flowery Branch with Marcel Robinson. We've got some TV work we're doing as well on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Practice ended at the odd time of 3.11, guys. I'm not really sure why 3.11, says Arthur Smith. 1 o'clock <laughs> until 3.11. That is about as prompt as you can be. Yeah. And uh, then we got to obviously some post-game festivities. And So uh, thanks for the patience. Thanks for taking care of the First uh, hour of the show, did you guys ride it off the rails like you maybe <laughs> promised you would, Aaron? We came up with some good ideas, I think, that we're going to go ahead and, and execute, including making it open where we just completely erase you from the show for like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. That's, that's probably a good idea as football season kicks into high gear. I mean, there will be some times where Brent will uh, bow out. Now, so. I saw you uh, munching down something as we came back from break. What were you eating over there? These are the, uh, I got a little hot and spicy sesame sticks from Bucky's. Nice. Yeah, this I haven't eaten yet today, so this is really the first thing I've chomped on. We had our spicy house. sticks. I, I, just, I just crushed, you had crushed an apple turnover from Arby's. Yeah. It was glorious. And by the way, the apple turnover from Bucky's is even better probably, <laughs> although I don't mind the apple turnover from Mike McDonald's. That's pretty good. Brent's uh, out Casey, here, the newest employee of the month for Bucky's. He's really just, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm like shameless plug guy for <laughs> Bucky's. It's amazing. Like how they have not, like, you know, hired us to do something or at least have us out or send us something free. I have no idea. Anything. They got uh, enough stuff. I know. It's every, they do have enough stuff. Uh, hey, Aaron, you be the judge. Did the bag of Arby's weigh more than the bag of McDonald's <laughs> for Casey? For anyone who wasn't listening yesterday, we uh, we ended up getting McDonald's yesterday. There was a drink in it. The bag must have been 24 pounds. <laughs> I had a chicken sandwich. <laughs> I hate all of them. That thing okay. was heavy, man. Stop, that thing was heavy. Stop, stop. So Is Coca-Cola that heavy? Anybody <laughs> who be drinking or eating from McDonald's on Uber Eats and or DoorDash now knows that for some reason, McDonald's puts your drink in the bag. That is crazy. So I have a large sweet tea with ice in the bag. Nice, nice. With Aaron's six-pound chicken sandwich <laughs> and my little McDouble and spicy McChicken. Yeah. And for some reason, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. We went a little bit lighter on the Arby's today. You know, you can't do Arby's too hard. You end up putting yourself in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about this practice. What questions do you have? No, there was not a fight. Not that I saw. Let me do, I will set the table for this, and I say this all about training camp, and it's magnified when you have events like this where it's a joint practice. Because this is a, it's a very spacious area here in Flowery Branch. Nice facility for the Falcons. And there's two fields. 
Uh, and the field in front of us, like right here, obviously was the offense of the Falcons and the defense of the Jags all day. And then the field on the other side was the Jags offense and the Falcons defense. And then the kickers, who everybody wants to know about the new <laughs> kicker, McCord. Desperately, yes. It, like he was way like he was in the woods <laughs> you know like you needed like uh binoculars to see him so and they did not do any like specialized kicking uh they were just working you know off to the side and which was probably planned for peterson because you know the kid just got off a plane hasn't even met his team yet and let's maybe do some of those special team the special teams work with a kicker tomorrow they did some punt work uh, today, but not uh, place kicking work. So that's your update on the kicker. He's here. <laughs> Outside of that, he he's good at warming up, I guess. Do you like um, that decision, or do you think he should have been trotted out there immediately, like right off the plane, shove a football in front of his face and start practicing? Nah, I don't think so. I think you want to listen. Kickers, it's all about the mental side of it. Get them comfortable, right? Uh, and actually, Josh Scobie will tell you this: when he got traded to Pittsburgh, you know, all of a sudden and didn't expect it. And those first few days in Pittsburgh, and then he had to go play, I think, like, pretty immediate, uh, like on a Thursday night or something, if I had my timing right. And that threw him off. Like, he had no time to do – like, he was just, like, in a whirlwind. And it didn't go well in Pittsburgh. And I think we've talked to Scobie about this in part because he just wasn't in a great place mentally. Like, oh, my gosh, I got traded. What about the family? You know, here I'm hopping on a plane. Um, where do I even go in Pittsburgh? And then, boom, I'm under, like, the Thursday night football lights. Yeah. You know? So – I think they want to acclimate him a little bit, and so you didn't see a ton of work. But my point in all of that was you can't see everything. Like, you're you're watching some things, and you're, not, you're going to miss some things. But we would know if there was a fight or that broke out, and there was none of that. This was very peaceful, calm practice, and uh, I think they just got their work in, went about it, and, uh, and I'm sure they hope to do the same tomorrow. Uh, but I do think, guys, the offense has won the day. I, I think that was pretty crystal clear. I was watching – uh, from Ritter and, and even Mariota, and they were doing some good seven-on-seven seven work, and I thought the offense is one. And then you go watch Trevor a little bit and what they were doing and Christian Kirk and, and everybody else. And I think some people might have seen on Twitter the Jags put out a uh, one-handed catch by Marvin Jones. I, and I think it just felt like the offense has won the day. The more moments were there for the offenses. So that's uh, probably my big takeaway from this session, although – I'm not ready to write anybody's record after watching this two-hour practice yeah. <laughs> between the Jaguars and Falcons. Well, it sounds like it was uh, it was fruitful in terms of giving you some info on those offenses, though. The only reason I had asked about a fight is because that's what you're usually hearing, especially this season, on these joint practices. It seems there's like a lot of a fight every other day now. Yeah, there's been a lot of them. You're right. Uh, I definitely, and- I got taken by Shane in the chat. He got me. Got me good. Way to go, Shane. <laughs> you got your five minutes of fame, he bud. He got me. He got, it's okay. <laughs> well I'm, done. I'm all about it. Look, if this is how we engage with people, then fine. That's what it's going to be. I appreciate you, Shane, for getting old Aaron. Didn't get old me, but you got old Aaron Shaq. Look, I'm no Brett Martin, though. I'm pretty listen, savvy. Shane will uh, he'll, he'll have me second-guessing, too, because I like somebody walked by, and I was like, I didn't miss a pr- fight here, did I? Did I? <laughs> well, I should have known. I should have known because Shane was in the chat. Like, Not only did he say there was a fight, but he said that uh, Kyle Pitts got injured in the fight. I'm like, this is too good oh, to be geez. true. This is not oh, real. Oh, nice. Okay, so let's bro. talk about really guys did. like, hey, uh, Kyle Pitts. He looked the part again out here. He made some really nice plays, right? He stands out. Number eight stands out. I'll tell you this, Casey, you'll like this maybe. Um, And I don't know how big of a fan you were of his coming out, but Ritter. uh, You know, I don't say he looked like Kenny Pickett the other day, but his arm, you know, it looks better than Mariota's. And, 
uh, the way the ball came out of there a couple of times when I was watching, I was pretty impressed with with uh, Ritter. And I think he's a relative unknown, don't you think, Casey, coming into the NFL and, and how this thing shakes out in Atlanta? I think Mariota's going to get the time right away. But uh, how, Ritter's career path, I'm not really sure anybody could pick right now. Yeah, it's, it's relatively unknown. I think did some really good things at Cincinnati, obviously. He's intriguing, right, because he can move. He's not as mobile as Mariota as a big arm. We saw that at Cincinnati. So if that translates, yeah, I think that's exciting. And, you know, he might be somebody that could be the quarterback for the Falcons in the future and might be a decent player. Now, I will say, Brent, when you started that sentence with, Casey, you might like this. I got all – I yeah. fucked up. I opened my mouth. I you thought it was excited. the $5 yo from the bet. I thought it was the $5. Yeah. Thought, it thought Matthew had... Wright just walked in the door. I <laughs> thought Matthew Wright was there. I thought the $5 hit my Venmo, which, by the way, I'm keeping track of uh, interest, so you're up to like $7.50. Oh. And, um, <laughs> kind of is. This obviously isn't the student loan decision. No. It's not. But... When you're talking to Falcons and you're talking players I'm interested in, I thought you were going to talk about Drake, Drake London. Drake London, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch him much. <laughs> what? <laughs> the hell are you watching? watching? the Jags. Well, you know, I was watching a little bit for Atlanta, who was maybe the most fascinating for us, was Felipe Franks. Hmm. He's moved to tight end. Oh. I mean, Felipe Franks, all of a sudden, number 15 in the end zone, boom. Touchdown. i like... And, and someone next to me uh, that we know from Jackson is like, Felipe Franks touchdown. I was like, oh, yeah, that's Felipe Franks. I knew he was playing some tight end, but boom, there he is. And so uh, the we caught up with Franks. Yeah, we caught <laughs> And not the pride of Florida. <laughs> um, we, we caught up with him after practice, actually. So we might hear from that today or tomorrow uh, from Felipe Franks. But it was good to catch up with him. So, you know, I'll watch London more tomorrow, okay? I mean, I told you I can't watch everybody. We are getting questions about Ritter Why as it pertains. Why did I get to go then? I don't watch <laughs> You would have sat there only watching it with <laughs> giant hearts in your eyes and violin music playing in the background. It's true. We're getting questions about uh, Ritter versus Mariota. What are you thinking there? Do you think that the team is settled on just riding Mariota out? Like, they can't imagine Mariota's going to take him to a winning record this year, at least internally. So, so what do you think the game plan is there? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a stopgap. I think a, a guy like Arthur Smith, probably, who's an offensive guy, is going to feel better with Mariota. And keep in mind, offensive guys probably think they can make anything work. They're like, okay, I can do it. And Mariota, people are always mixed on. I've never been a huge fan. He's burned the Jags at times. But I just don't think he's a long-term solution for any team. And so I think he's a holding spot right now for um, for Ritter. And can they bring him along and and you know, can he get it? All those things. He played at Cincinnati, right? I mean, that's going to be a little bit of a oh, jump, even though they went to the Final Four. Can he play against this kind of competition week in, week out, day in, day out? I think that's going to be something they'll have to answer. But his arm looked apart, and, and I was pretty impressed by him today uh, at times. And then um, I, I would say Mariota for the first half of the year at least, and I wouldn't be surprised, guys, if Mariota's the guy for the entire year here. This will be different than, like, the Pickett situation, where I think you could get Pickett coming in sooner than later as a first-round pick. That's interesting, especially yeah. with the fact that Mariota's been so hot and cold throughout his career. Well, again, listen, here, we know how this works. We've done it. This is one we, we can speak from an expertise standpoint. The, the fans start calling for the other guy. Oh, yeah. And especially when it's a young guy that's unknown and that might have promise and hope. And especially when the other guy is someone you've seen play enough and you're like, that's what we're going to get, you know? And so I'm not telling you that the calls won't come. I think a lot of that depends on how Mariota plays. Uh, but I, I also would – I think this situation might be easier to hold off than, say, a situation where you've had Trubisky and, uh, and Pickett because – 
and Casey, I think you'd agree with this, uh, Mariota doesn't come with the criticism entering that Pittsburgh job like Tr- Trubisky does. You know, there are a lot of non-believers in, in Trubisky. I'm not saying there are believers in Mariota, but I think there are less non-believers, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll go with you there. I think people still think Mariota can play a high-level football because, like, he wasn't horrible. With Titans, like it, it was, wasn't. there was never a point, at least that I remember, where it's like we can't play this guy. Like Tannehill yeah, just, just was limited. better. Yeah, it just looked limited too, though, or didn't he? Yeah, I, I just think Tannehill was better. Like I think they were like Tannehill is mobile enough and throws the football better, and they went with that over Mariota, who was more mobile, didn't throw the football as well. But I think Mariota can still give you something, especially in an offense with, like, Patterson, and if you do some cool stuff with, like, a Desmond Ritter, there's a, a lot of options that they can run an awkward, different offense with Mariota. If I remember correctly, coming out of college, because it was him and Jameis for that one-two yeah. spot, I think the rap on Mariota was that he's not going to throw 30 touchdowns for you, but he's not going to turn it over in the, in the red zone. You know, and I think that didn't necessarily bear fruit in his uh, pro career to this point. Although, you know, certainly a, a, a game manager in the, in the respect that they call quarterbacks game managers. So I don't think Mariota's going out there and losing you too many games, but it is a weak roster. So if you've got a guy in Ritter that you drafted, and, you know, if you think you're going to go back in and look at another quarterback, if you got a high draft pick this year, then you're going to have to put Ritter out there on the field just to see what you got. Hey, sorry, by the way, on the Twitter, I put this one I just put out there. You know, Tweeting and talking is one of the most dangerous things I do. <laughs> Jaguars practice went well. Offenses won the day, but Darius Leonard looked good at his oh. return. Devin Lloyd returns, too. <laughs> we got Darius Leonard? Awesome. That's a real <laughs> By the way, like, only one guy, like, pinged me back like you're an idiot. That was it. <laughs> Who was like, that? What was that guy? Casey. Was Who it was Casey? That? No, but he didn't oh. even, I don't even think. Let's clap it up for that person. Yeah, Connor you know? Tall, Connor by the way. Atta, baby. And, and also he said it's Shaquille Leonard now. <laughs> Get him twice. Get him twice. Atta, baby. Uh, what an idiot. Like, uh, I don't know if that auto-corrected or my mind just went to Leonard. Like, what is going on here? Uh, and by the, I do think, I mentioned Pitts, right, for Atlanta. He looks the part, of course, and that's not a surprise. But. A couple of guys I want to point out for the Jags. I think it's important that De- Devin Lloyd gets out on the field, and he was like full go back on the field, awesome. as full go as his practice was. And it looks like he'll play on Saturday. I think all eyes on that. I think that will be a fascinating watch because he can elevate this defense now from what you already think it is, what we already think it is, what they already think it is. And so I think that's a, something to keep an eye on. How quick can that gel together? Can he just go play, or will his head spin a little bit, not getting the amount of reps as a lot of other guys? Because, look, we saw Muma take a big jump from the Canton game to the last couple of games, and you can see him coming along. I mean, we can. We're not even breaking down the film like they are inside the building, and I'm sure they can see him coming along even more. So Darius, uh, <laughs> Darius, uh, Devin Lloyd will see how he goes in the early going, but I would expect by, like, October that if he's healthy and, and he, you're going to see a big jump out of him in the first half of the season. Uh, the other guys that I want to point out is Darius Williams, not Leonard, and Williams, of course, the the nickel corner coming over from the Rams on a big contract. Local kid. Hasn't played because of the shoulder. I mean, he's been in that, like, red jersey uh, to avoid contact. Well, I thought there was a big moment here in the end zone where he actually broke up a play and landed hard on one of his shoulders and, like, just came to the ground, crashed to the ground, and no pain, no anything. So that was a good sign because he was playing free and playing fast. And then he broke up another play, too. So, like, I watched that period for a few minutes, and Darius Williams was making two plays. So that's a good sign uh, to be part of that terrific trio at corner the Jags think they have with Shaquille Griffin and also uh, with Tyson Campbell. 
And then the last one, guys, is uh, Christian Kirk. Again, not sure if you caught my tweet, but when you watch Kirk work, his route running is just unreal. He's always open, and it's because of the route running. But if you get the chance to even go look at some of the videos that get tweeted out by the Jags or whatever else, or even go back and look at the, the film from the games over the uh, this past one because he didn't play against Cleveland, it's really impressive. And Casey and Aaron, route running doesn't isn't a thing that jumps out to me usually, but I think he makes it jump out because he's always open and his feet look so good. And I looked over to two folks uh, that, that always cover the Jags. I was like, how good is that? And they were like, eyes wide open too, you know. So um, – that's got to get you excited in Jacksonville, yeah, how, how good Kirk has looked. How interesting that at the same time, you've stepped up the quarterback play by drafting generational talent in Trevor Lawrence, but you've also significantly stepped up that wide receiver play by getting these guys on the team who can create separation. It's something that you weren't really seeing too much of in years well, past. And don't sleep on that part, Aaron. We've talked about that over the years. Like, we've pinned a lot on the quarterbacks. And, okay, that's fine. And it's probably a lot their fault or some their fault. But the receivers have been questionable. The, the, the design and scheme has been questionable. I think what you're seeing out of Kirk is that you don't really even need to scheme him open. He's going to get himself open. Yeah. And that's a really good thing. Sure. And it, it's just going to be fun to watch his maturation. Does he take that next step? And he was around so many good pros. And he looks like a real good pro, like a pro's pro that they say. Oh, man, he could have a fun year. He's also not the only one who's getting open out there. No, I, I think you're right. like Zay Jones and Evan Ingram creating all kinds of separation, too. Yeah, I can't wait to watch this offense once uh, Doug Peterson unleashes it. And I hope it, it looks the way it kind of feels like it's going to look at times. So we'll take a break. We have more to come from Flowery Branch, Georgia, home of the Atlanta Falcons training camp and for the next couple of days, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Talk to people in Tampa Bay. Well, your offensive line's falling apart, right? Like Chris Godwin, we don't know. Mike Evans is out with a hamstring injury. Like this, this is yeah, but Brady's back in the building, and everything feels better. Like, and 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 you can't really argue, right? I mean, the guy went to Tampa uh, after 20 years in New England and won the Super Bowl in his first shot. So, if they want to feel that way, I can't blame them. I think that they have every right to feel that way with Tom Brady as the quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can I can see it. I can see why you might want to put them there. I don't know. I, I feel like Buffalo's got the best looking team on paper. I feel like most of the better teams are in the AFC. The Super Bowl champs are in the NFC. I, I wouldn't put Tampa up there at two overall. Is that uh, Graziano? That's him. Um, Dan himself. Am I, am I wrong to think that if Tom Brady left the Bucks to be on Masked Singer, that he should not go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a big... Big claim. That is a horrible take. He got 37 years of career thrown out in the trash because he did two weeks on Fox. That is such a bum take. I'll say this. You guys like the best singer? No. I do. And I'm supposed to. I know it's in the family, but uh, I can't get with it. I can't get with it. Have you watched it, Casey? You like it? Yeah, I like it. If you guys are talking to me, sorry, my headphones that were 45 cents are no longer working. Going oh, in and no. out. But yeah, fan of The Masked Singer. Uh, I do enjoy it. I will tell you this about The Masked Singer. They need to give you more hints so you can actually make an educated guess. Like, because they don't really give you enough. Like, they're like, they give you, like, some hints. You're like, oh, it could be. Right. 
Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I think that or is the problem. Or it could be Ray J. It's like, like, there's no, the, it's very tough. The scope of people it could be is just too large. Yeah, so they got to dial it down. But yeah, I'm a fan. I mean, this is very so dialed most down. Most people though. don't guess. Most people don't guess it right. Now, the best part is they got four judges, and they'll all say somebody like wild, and then they'll open it. It's Pitbull, and you're like, what? <laughs> she guessed yeah. Avril Lavigne. What are we doing? Like, you know what I mean? Aaron, you know, you have learned to know Casey Kurtz yeah. well, right? Sure. So if when over these last few months, especially, it's probably going on more like six, seven, eight months, really, that you've gotten to know him maybe too well. And I said to you, his two favorite shows. Or two of his shows that right. he watches because he doesn't watch much, el- much the, else. The Bachelor, the Bachelor and the Masked Singer. And the Masked Singer. <laughs> like, if you had to, like, you know, I like those assignments you had when you were in, like, fourth grade and you had to, like, mix and match the left column with the right column? Yeah. Like, Casey Kurtz would not be matched up with those two shows in my column game. I'm, I'll agree with you. I don't think that's a bad take, but I will say I can relate because up until recently, Teen Mom was one of my favorite TV shows. <laughs> and I think I can get arrested for actually saying that. I used to watch Teen Mom. I hope you do. <laughs> In fact, I hope that cop that pulled me over is on his way. For me, yeah. He's <laughs> waiting that. Well, guess what? If he's waiting in the easy pass lane, he ain't catching me. <laughs> You're saying I wasn't going fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Trash TV, man. It is a great pastime of uh, the Schachter household. We love Trash TV. That's uh, awesome. Uh, so, what, I mean, seriously, where are we at with this mask? I don't pay attention to this stuff at all. But, like, the whole thing, like, he actually had to denounce the fact that he left the show for the Masked Singer. And now the Masked Singer has basically said, wait a minute, or at least cryptically stated something. Yeah, is that where we're hints. at here? They're dropping hints because uh, they, you know, they want to be coy and tease and all this other stuff. Because if they say he's on it, then everyone is just going to know one of these guys is Tom Brady. And I also think they ran into this issue a few weeks ago with the story about Giuliani showing up there and then a couple of the judges walked off. So Fox is already worried about spoiling this season of the TV show. They definitely do not, do not want the Tom Brady news out there. They're trying to keep that thing as closely knit as a secret as possible. Here's my thing, though, Brent, and, and you tell me, if it wasn't the masked singer, but it wasn't like a surgery or a divorce or anything, if he just needed, um, just call it a rest, mental health rest, like, would you be fine with him leaving for two weeks during camp? I am, but it was too planned for, like, a, like on the way back I'm not for saying, a mental. I'm not saying it was that. I'm saying if you'd be fine with the mental health rest, then what's the difference of the TV show? Come on. Like, I think guys are going to lose all respect for him if it's the TV show. I mean, Brady, though. I mean, it's hard to lose respect for Brady. I get it. But, I mean, if you could lose respect for Brady, <laughs> for him to, like, you can back out of the TV show and they go get somebody else. Maybe it was part of that big $8 billion deal he signed with Fox right before he uh, unretired. I think that's what it is. I think that's part of it. They built it in to kind of a, that's what, here's what I think was going to happen. Okay. This wasn't going to come out, the announcing thing. And they were going to be like, take off the mask. And they pull it off, and it's Tom Brady. Like, whoa, Tom the goat. Right. And by the way, his character was going to be the goat. I'll just tell you that. And then, because in The Masked Singer, they all wear masks with Cod, and he's the goat. Anyway, yeah, yeah. And they were like, by the way. That makes sense. I'm going to be on Fox doing the games. It was yep. going to be a huge announcement. Shocked the world. By the way, Gronk's been on before. Little, hmm, couldn't mm-hmm. they? Mm-hmm. So Gronk can tell him how his experience was. Guarantee you he's on the show. Tom Brady. Uh, Tom Brady. And Gronk again. Why not? So you're a big believer. I mean, by the way, the Casey meter's never been so high. He's, like, that was the most energetic great, take I've heard from Casey in a while. Great mood. Now, no secret here. Great mood last two days. Also bought him lunch the last two days. Oh, actually, I didn't buy him oh. lunch yesterday. Hey, great mood because Brett oh, yeah, missed the did. first That's hour. Right. 
Yeah, that was actually it, to be honest with you. You weren't here. But, guys, it's not dope. just about Tom Brady on The Masked Singer. We also saw news today. My boy, Rex Ryan, he's going to be on Amazing Race. I don't need to see that. Rex Ryan's your boy? That's my guy. He's the best Jets coach of all time. That's tough. David Garrard would agree with you, by the way. Love Rex Ryan. But a Rex amazing Ryan. race for Rex Ryan. Like, if he's not That's racing to the fridge, where is he racing? That Rex Ryan isn't winning any race. Apparently, he's racing to get a pedicure. Yeah, he's got to watch those dainty little tootsies. <laughs> this is my guy, though. I can't, I can't talk too much smack on Rex Ryan. The man says it like it is. He ain't afraid of nobody. Nobody. Love I, this guy. I, I seriously didn't know the amazing race was still going. Season uh, 34, Brent. Season Are you 34. serious? Season now, I think they do these things like Survivor did. Well, they'll do like sometimes two seasons in a year or something like that. Yeah, But yeah. season 34, I'll, I'll, I'll look up when it debuted. But it, was, it was probably early 2000s, right? Just cancel the show. Oh. <laughs> you got people's livelihoods, man. <laughs> like, Marcus Pollard, by the way, was on that for the Jags, you know. Do you remember he was how on he the did? Amazing Race. I think he did pretty well. Like, I forget, the, again, I'm not like a loyal viewer. Of the show. Is that still on CBS 47? Yeah, launched 2001. Yikes. On, Yikes, uh, the original network <laughs> was uh, CBS. That's it was initially, but it's not anymore. I don't think it is I'd anymore. have to look it up, yeah. But it's been on for like 20 years, 20-some years, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Rex Ryan does nothing for me in The Amazing Race. Like, really? Now, listen, Tom Brady, if he was, of course, they don't tell anybody who's in The Masked Singer, so you can't even promote it that way. That's the other part, uh, right? Like, how do you even he, use that to your benefit? That is a tough thing in, like, the TV industry. How do you, like, you get this big get. Like, let's just say Brady did do it. And you paid a and ton of money even, to get him. And you can't even promote it. Nope. It's like an after-the-fact deal. No, it's awful. It's the which antithesis kind of, of what you're doing, yeah. Yeah, which is totally, like, the antithesis of TV. And marketing in general, <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're going to do this big thing and tell absolutely nobody. You're like, by the way, the show's been, I think, a pretty good hit, right? I mean, yeah, we're it's on been however many years well. of it. Yeah, yeah. But when that thing was, like, launched, you know, the premiere or however they do that, I forget what they call it again, um, and, and they were trying to sell that to, like, a, a network TV, they were like, that was probably a hard sell. Yeah, what is this? Oh, yeah. They're like, what is this? But wait a minute. Oh, you're telling me you're going to get Beyonce on or, you know, X person on or, you know, Kardashian on or name your <laughs> biggest people out there, right? And, oh, but we can't tell anybody they're on. Honestly. <laughs> like, Nobody has like, any idea Akon's behind uh, Maybe the Maybe that's why they're leaking all of these stories, right? Leaking the Tom Brady stuff, leaking the Giuliani stuff, and maybe it's to really hype up the season because they spent a ton of money to get it done. Who's the biggest person they could pull off the mask and be on and you'd be excited about? For Brent? Not both of you. Like, if you're watching and you're like, they pull the mask, you're like, wow! Brady would be pretty interesting, by the way, if all this didn't come out because... I'm not saying he'd be the most, but I'm just, it'd be so out of character. But it's actually starting to form into character for Brady. Yeah, he's, he's kind of a goofball lives. now. He's, he's, he's turning into quite the goofball these days. Yeah, he's lived two different lives. You know, I mean, he's actually, it's, it's like kind of Peyton Manning-esque. But Peyton Manning also had this, always had this like funny side to him, it felt like. But, but he Peyton, was so business, 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 like Brady was for forever with New England. But then he also, now Manning's like a funny guy. You know, he's think, almost like a comedian. But I think with Peyton, the thing was that he was so stiff, so statue, that when he was attempting to be funny, that itself was funny. Like, he wasn't actually funny. I remember him being on SNL, everyone was raving. Oh, my God, Peyton's so funny on SNL. And it was just okay. But, you know, here's a guy who you think has never cracked a joke in his entire life.
And so when he finally does, you're like, oh, look at this guy trying to be funny. By yeah, the way, right. on the Mannings, did you see the uh, Eli and Tom Coughlin? I didn't. So they're doing like a Eli's, you know how Peyton places, there's like an Eli yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah he and travels around, yeah. Only, I don't think the full thing's out, but I saw part of it on social media. Eli was breaking down Tom Coughlin's film. Like, so in reverse of what they oh, did. Oh, that's fun. He was giving him a hard time. I think it's going to be pretty good when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, Eli, yeah, by the way, all of a sudden, like, he's not Peyton, but now I like Eli because, like, you, you've seen that little bit of personality out of him. Yeah, these guys, you're right about that. And I think Aaron said it right, and I think you're saying it right about Eli, and I think that's what's happened with Brady. These guys are like, you don't expect it. And so, yeah, if Brady was on The Masked Singer and none of this came out, it would have been pretty wild to see, oh, my gosh, he did this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So there is an element to that, that uh, with these quarterbacks, no doubt about it. All right, we'll be back. We are live in Flowery Branch, uh, Georgia, talking Jags, talking Falcons, and we'll talk more of it when we come back on ESPN 690. The PGA Tour, if, if they're really doing this to get guys back from live or compete with live or put an end to live, it doesn't matter what the format is. All that matters is the cash money, is the moolah, because that's why the guys have gone in the first place. So the PGA Tour wants to end live. That's what they have to do. I don't know who that was, but I don't know if I agree with him. You don't think don't. so, huh? I thought that was as real as it gets. Drew Carter. Who that is that? Your audio could not have cut out at a better time. Did anybody else catch that on the radio? You <laughs> went robotic, like, and you yeah. said, who the mm, is that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, Mark. Sounded like Brent is edgy <laughs> shock jock over here. That was awesome. I don't know. To be honest, I'm not really familiar, but um, it was the only PGA take in the little database, and I was like, welcome to ESPN 690, Drew. <laughs> I, I've never heard of them. I really haven't. We respect your take, buddy. Uh, Thank you for bringing it to the show. I'm going to – so this whole PGA Tour comes out there, right, Jay Monahan, commissioner, and they reset this whole thing. And, Casey, you're not like a hard yes or no live guy. You're like, hey, what's ever, more golf, great, cool, right? Pretty passive. Yeah, either or. Situation. I can do both. And, you know, what's interesting about this is they. it obviously became about PGA Tour and live. And I, which which made sense. But what's kind of funny about it to me is I'm looking at this thing and hearing about it and seeing some of it that's coming out. And the more money these guys will now make on the PGA Tour and the, the different incentives and the different projects and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if I should be or the players definitely. I'm not a live fan. Okay, I'm not. I'm not a Greg Norman fan. I'm not. I don't think the golf is going to be as good over there. And you can then talk about all the money and where it comes from. And uh, I guess I'm more of it just feels weird when guys get paid some crazy amount of money before I've even seen them, you know, play a good round of golf. That, that whole thing doesn't sit great with me, whether it's right or wrong. But what's fascinating to me about it is Liv has obviously helped the golfer on the PGA Tour over the last six months or so. Oh, yeah. With, enormously, right? And uh, I also think and I think the PGA Tour won't get credit for this, is I actually think they've responded in a damn good way. Like, I think they've done a good job responding quickly and having their ducks in a row and also plenty of money, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, responding to with what? Just increased purses or, or, or the other things that you're taking into account for their response? Because well, it's I, I, think it's, I think it's been hit, hit or miss for the PGA and their responses. But it's all about money. So, I mean, the whole thing's about money, Right. I mean, that's, but that's not the it's entire not about anything else. But it's not the entirety of their response, right? So they've part of the response has been to ban the guys that go to live, 
part of the response is to fight in court uh, with the, I guess, Liv actually launched that lawsuit. But part of the response has been to bring in big guys like Tiger and Rory to speak to the other guys and let them know that there's a future there for them that doesn't include Liv and then this other thing we're about to talk about. Uh, I, I include all of those when I think about the PGA response. Yeah, well, I, you can include that if you want. I think it just boils down to has Liv made the PGA Tour playing experience better? And the answer is yes, because now the funds are going to be more for the bottom-level golfer and really more for the top-level golfer, and they're yeah. going to do all these things. And they're also going to cater and, and almost have events that kind of feel like you. this is your best like this week here outside the Atlanta area with the Tour Championship. You're going to have more of those fields, so you're going to have better viewing experiences for the fans. So in that respect, they're even revamping to make it better, I think, for people who like golf. And I think that's what Casey really wants is he just wants to see more golf and more good golf, um, it, no matter how you get there. But I don't know if this is like a common thing in business or because I'm not a business guy. But doesn't it feel like the PGA Tour, who was almost uh, basically a monopoly in many ways, they they got the guys that were on board and really bought in and believed in the product, and they got rid of the guys that weren't, and then they revamped it and made it better for the guys that were. You know what I'm saying? I do. Like that? So I you think... like you take the, the guys that are like, all right, let's, let's see who jumps off the ship, right, and goes and chases the money and potentially the dirty money if you want to look at it that way and say, okay, so these guys all go. Now, we still have Rory and Tiger and Justin and you name it, right? And now we're going to make it better for those guys because those guys are our loyal guys, believe in what we're doing, and we're going to take it to the next level. To the, I'm not sure, like, Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson and others are now like, dang, I wish I stayed. But it's no doubt a lot better now for that loyal group of players and, and ambassadors for the PGA Tour. I think it being better and it being better than the situation at Live are two different conversations, though. For instance, yes, it's better for the guys in the PGA than it was 6, 8, 12 months ago. Uh, the players. But is it better than... You know, the situation that uh, DeChambeau is in or, or, or Kepka, I, I, time will tell. Casey, uh, who, who is making the most money on the PGA, on the live? Is it Dustin or Phil, 200, 200 uh, million? I think it's Dustin. Okay. So let's take Dustin Johnson, who still, by the way, is one of their top golfers, potentially. I think he's kind of, I don't want to say washed up, but he certainly hasn't played his best golf most recently. But he's at an age where he still could play, and he's got the skill set to potentially do it. So let's take him. And now you take a guy like Justin Thomas. Under this umbrella, over the next, because I don't even know how long that deal is with Liv. Is he getting 200 million a year or 200 million over the next five years or just 200 million and he plays for however long it is? I guess what I'm getting at is I want to see somebody measure how much Justin Thomas is going to make the next two years and how much Dustin Johnson's going to make the two years. And I think the gap really closed today. You know what I'm saying? And, yes. And, and so, Aaron, so your point of, yeah, but they get a lot more money over there. I'm not sure they do. Like, are, do they anymore? They is to, that still? Well, you can't, you can't retroactively compare, though, right? So, like, uh, for a guy like Dustin Johnson, whatever he was making on the PGA Tour is what he was making. So the money he take from Liv, which would be larger than that number, even if the PGA goes back after Dustin leaves and they're like, well, now we're going to up these purses they weren't going to prior to this live stuff so he's making more even if the pga would have paid him more if he stayed he still made 
the right decision as it pertains to money in that sense because he can't make a decision on something that hadn't happened yet. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but uh, that's what I'm trying to say. They washed out the guys that weren't loyal and then made it even better for the ones that were loyal, and now here we are, and they're going to make about, you know, because you stayed, we're going to make this just as good anyway from a dollar standpoint for you. And, and I don't know if it will be apples to apples. And you're right, Casey, I think you started to say this. You still have to earn it a different way. Yeah, that's what I was going to um, say. But there's an element here that's important, By and that is these guys want to play against the best competition, and they also want to play in major championships. Well, guess what? The VGA Tour guys, at least at the moment, have that opportunity. The live guys are not playing against the best competition. They're playing against some good competition, but not the best. And right now they can't, or they might not be able to play in the majors and Ryder Cups and everything else. So you, you got your cake, but you can't eat it too. On the PGA Tour, eh, you're getting some more cake, and the cake's getting bigger and bigger, and you can have all of it. So, by the way, that Dustin Johnson contract is for four years. And his quote when he was asked about it was, the whole reason I started playing here is to play less golf, not more. Yeah, yeah and there's, right. a, there's an element of that. There's an element of that. Um, so did you like this, I guess, the changes, Casey, what the PGA Tour did today? Eh, I'm okay with it. Like, I like that they, they upped the purse on some of the big-time events. Like, I know they're still going to be, like, exclusive events, which I hate. On record, still hate it. Um, but, you know, I, I like the upped purse for some of those events, like the Arnold Palmer and some of the events that aren't majors, aren't a player's championship, but still pretty prestigious. Can we talk about this Rory and Tiger thing when we get back? Because I think this is just nonsense. Well, folks. The, uh, the virtual? Yeah, see, it is virtual. I knew it's, it. It's, it's mixed. Anyway. Uh, yes, we can do that. I'm, I'm making the decision. But remember, folks, we got Jumbo Shrimp Baseball coming up, so we only have 12 minutes and 30 seconds of showtime left. Okay. Is that all we have? That's all we have. That short of a segment? So let's, oh, i got to get back to football at 5, too. So let's we'll do that, we'll do that instead. We'll do, we'll do Rory and, and Tiger tomorrow. we got to talk a little more football. And give them our best 12 minutes, guys. Let's do this as a team. Oh, uh, It's going to be a good <laughs> dozen right here. Look we'll at Casey, back. man. Come on. Hit the dump button. I'll be back on the ESPN 690 from Flowery Branch, Georgia, in a moment.